Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's the Duval Hot Takes Podcast, starring Sean Daly. Have you ever seen Walter and Tom Coughlin in the same room? Huh, no? That's what I thought. Pat Smith. Fun, 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 fun. With Taylor Smith and Devin May. Oh, come on. Feel the rhythm. <laughs> Feel the rhythm. Here we go. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, good day to you, and welcome to the Duval Hot Takes Podcast, the biggest and best podcast for all things Jaguars football, brought to you by Big Cat Country and SB Nation. My name is Taylor Smith. I'm your moderator for the show. I am joined by your hosts, Sean Daly. What's up? Pat Smith. Pat Smith. Oh, shit. Ha! Leave it. And your facts and stats man, Devin Mabe. Hello. Today is Wednesday, January 1st, 2020, and from our headquarters to your ears, we want to wish you Happy New Year! Happy New Year! And what a way for the Jaguars to round out 2019. Our last game of the season, final showing here at home. We're thinking, all right, let's tank it out. End of the season, in the season, no better than last. Jags say, no, sir. Colts come to town, and we wrap things up with a 38-20 victory over the Indianapolis Colts. What in the world, Jaguars? So now, we end the season 6-10. and 10. Not exactly the tank we were hoping for, but I also don't think we were ever expecting this outcome. So, I'll leave the recap to our hosts, as always. But first, I want to ask you guys, you can't be too upset that we won, right? A win like this. I mean, what a game. It was fun. All right, it was definitely fun. You know, like you said, we were going in full tank mode, and then what they do, they they, they take the tank and they throw it on the side of the road. They say, hey, no, we're going to play our best football that we've played all year in the one game that you definitely don't want to lose, or that you do want to lose, excuse me, in Jaguar fashion. They save their best football for when it doesn't matter at all. And so, you know, it is. It, it, it's good. It was a good feeling. It's fun watching them out there. At the end of the day, this is going to be the last time you see this team play for seven months. So, it's nice that the last time you saw them play, they played really well. So, that, that was good. It was really a tale of two halves. Uh, the first half, the offense was clicking. The defense was kind of letting the Colts do whatever they wanted. Uh, and then the second half, everything kind of came together as the game went along. So, um, I'll kick it off. It's okay with my co-host. Colts get the ball first, opening drive. They go right down the field, and then uh, Jaguars D stands them up on the goal line stand. You get you get hyped about that, Pat? A little goal line stand first off. It wasn't it wasn't the most electric goal line stand that evening. Um, and I, I will say, just just to kind of knock on this being the last game for a losing team. Anyone who ever tells me that there's no product or there's no fanship 
in the city of Jacksonville for yeah. this team has no fucking clue. Yeah, oh yeah, about. no. That stadium was at least on a good day, three quarters of the way full. I mean, you had people roaring still. The conditions were shit. Yeah. We showed up at 10, 11 a.m., tailgated through the whole day, waited till 4 o'clock. It was muggy, nasty, and people still showed up to watch a game that didn't matter for either side. But it was a great atmosphere, and that's a that's a combination to the fans. Yeah, well. mainstream media shits on us, man. They they don't let get them, it. Let them. They, they don't, don't even step it. foot in Jacksonville. Those guys have never seen the inside of TIA Bank. They write from their comfy little homes in Chicago. Never been on a plane past the Tennessee border, and they don't. And they just talk about shit. They have no idea what uh, what is about. I, yeah, I got a little ahead of myself. I should have started off by saying they listen to us about the uniforms. Okay. I have black jersey, teal pants look pretty good, huh? Decent. Right. Decent. It's 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 as about as good as you're gonna get with those teal yeah, pants. Yeah, but that's as good that's as about as, as good as you're gonna get. Yeah, because if you want all teal, it's the just, shade mm. the shade just hurts. Yeah, it does. It doesn't look right, especially in the rain too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Jaguars get the kickoff. Keelan Cole gets the kickoff return, not Michael Walker. All right, Keelan Cole gets the kickoff return, and, as it should be, and does, as it should be, and does what with it? Great kickoff return over the fifty yard line. First good kickoff return I've seen all year. All right, Keelan Cole, stay your ass back there, man. I mean, you're not getting the production that you see out of him at receiver. He's a solid four receiver, and he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's providing a help on the special teams. Uh, Michael Walker is not worth a damn on offense, so get rid of him, open up a spot, and, and put in production with Keelan Cole. Uh, that's, he's he's sure he can do it. That's what I'm saying. So we get the good field position. Minshew completes a couple passes. We get it down there to the five-yard line. Uh, it's uh, second down. And three to go. And Minshew, they run a perfect play where he, he does a play action. And he's got Rock Armstead, who, by the way, Rico Armstead had a great game. Well, not, not great, but, I mean, he was, he was good. It wasn't Leonard Fournette, but for he was. not playing any hands this year. Yeah, the it, guy looked good. Looked good. He's got hands, too. He caught a couple passes on hey. this play. Uh, Gardner, he's trying to tell you. Exactly. Yeah, he's you know what? You. Yeah, he, his hands are not Rock's. But on this play, Gardner Minshew a little too high through it, and I, I really think his shoulder—you know—his shoulder is bothering him a little bit. And he still played well, but he missed a wide open Rykel Armstead for this touchdown pass. To the point where when he does the the play action, there's nobody coming at him. He's by himself back there, and it looks like he rushes the throw for no reason. I, maybe he's just—he's showing his lack of experience, his his rookie mindset in that play, which he doesn't usually act like a rookie. But in that one play, you kind of saw it. And the next play, he misses DD, so he settled for the field goal. It's little stuff like that that if Minshew can grow and learn from these mistakes and watch this tape, and maybe his shoulder heals up and he gets healthy. Then uh, I think you know he's he's got a really bright future as, as a quarterback in the NFL. If anyone's due for a mental reset and a physical reset, it's Gardner Minshew. Oh yeah, that guy has definitely earned it. He'll get in the off season. He'll come back next year ready to rock, ready to roll. I saw him leaving in, in like in an RV this morning on Twitter. Getting ready. I'm sure he's going to go out, just chill his mind, go out in fields, have a good time. Um, but yeah. Definitely, definitely deserve that reset. Yep. Defense couldn't get off the field all the first half. Just third down conversion after third down conversion. And uh, they actually uh, get a 15-yard penalty on one third down. We stopped them like third and third and 11. They only get four yards and we stop them. But then we get a 15-yard penalty. I don't remember who it was on. But the penalty extends the drive. And then about three plays later, uh, you know, you see Marlon Mack running in for a touchdown so then the colts go up 10 to 3 right then and there boom 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 i think that was the unnecessary roughness call at the end of the tackle yeah there was it was definitely it was late i remember yes. it was late and extended the yes. extended That's the drive 
And then Marlon Mack gets an easy TD run, so they go up 10-3. to And then uh, Jaguars get the ball back. Uh, they drive down the field again. They're moving the football, getting first downs, which Jacksonville, you know, they usually stall out really early in games. No stall out, you know, in this game. Moving the football. Chris Conley, third and seven, huge drop. Wide open, could have easily gotten 15 yards. Again, with these hands. Chris Conley, nobody's perfect. He's not perfect. It just seems like his big plays are outweighed by one or two drops. He drops, if, you, yeah. if you catch the balls, and these are yeah. catchable balls, man. Yeah, man. You catch these balls. You are an asset on this team yeah. that hasn't been present and a third position receiver that this team hasn't seen in years. And if you just just make those catches, man. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a few drops here and there. And they always seem like they're big, though. That's what kills me is that it's like third and seven. He's wide open, 15 yards. Oh. Uh, but then don't worry. You know, Josh Lambeau, whoop, field goal, boom, 10 to 6. Okay, and then Jaguars get the ball back. They stopped uh, Indianapolis for once. They get the ball back, and then Minshew hits up. Freaking Keelan Cole on a beautiful deep route on mm. the sidelines. Oh, dime. He's, he kills those routes. Those sideline patterns where it's one-on-one. We've got speed on our on our side. And we've got a step or two on the defender. He he just drops the ball exactly where it's supposed to be. Bread basket. It, it's, not, it's not too far behind him. He doesn't have to slow down. He's in stride. He catches the ball. And hell, if he's in speed, he can crank it for a touchdown if he can't. And that's Keelan Cole. That's your, your four-string wide receiver. Yes. That's just, he's putting the work in. He knows how Keelan Cole runs. He knows how Chris Conley runs. He knows how Didi runs. He's putting the work in, and he's he got, got he hit Keelan Cole in stride. On the pulse, baby. In stride, all right? And then what? a couple plays later, who's he hit for the TD? Boop! Actually, not a couple plays later. The, the next play hits Keelan Cole for the touchdown. Hollywood Cole. He loves those touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Big plays touchdowns. I tell you what, man. He, big, big, big red zone presence in Keelan Cole. Yeah. I don't know if he just likes the, the limelight. But hey, it works, so it shows off to be a good red zone target. You know, I I, I don't want to get into it too much right now because we have a whole offseason for it, but, you know, Keelan Cole might might play his way back onto this roster next year. Who I got to say, man, it did not look promising at the beginning of this year. <laughs> not at all! But uh, it, it, he is. I mean, he if he is there and he makes the plays... Just, just do it all the time, man. Yeah. Same with Conley. If you guys just make the plays like you make consistently, you have a spot on this team. Easy. You know what really sucks about this game is that when we think back on the season, we're going to think back to this game since it's the one that's no, precious in our minds. Well, I'm going to think back to like, you know, it's going to give me optimism. This was all this was to me. All this was to me was showing me a that we can win, b this team can perform, and and and, and c. You know, we we've been, and it's back. the latest we've one though. So like, back. oh, we're just gonna ride this into the no. next year, man. We're gonna be great. That's what's that's what the front office will exactly. want. Exactly, that's do. what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah, boom. Indianapolis gets the ball back. Marlon Mack takes a lead counter for an easy touchdown. It looked like uh, it, the Devontae Freeman touchdown from a week before the toss. They, we we did the research on the toss. We were like, okay, if they toss it, we, we ain't got it. Well, Colt said, okay, we'll do a little counter. We'll start to the right and then go to the left and take a lead blocker, and nobody will touch me that way. Nobody touches him. He walks right into the end zone. Again, easy touchdown. Not going to stop him every time. Is it, yeah. Especially, especially with the building blocks that we're trying to establish moving forward. You're not going to stop him every time. Yeah, no, I I agree, but I just these touchdown runs that are in the red zone, nobody's touching. You want you want a little contact? I yeah, nobody's touching. Absolutely, I, agree I, I mean, I, 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 it's awful. I mean, that's what they kind of. What, what did Marlon Mack stat line end up at? Where, where, where seventy-seven, is two, two seventy-seven, touchdowns. two touchdowns, five yards to carry. I mean, and then Naeem Hines, who's not a runner, by the way. Seven rushes for 34 yards, uh, five yards a carry. You're ridiculous. Is we're easily yeah, but Na- giving up. Himes was coming off of green sweeps and 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 design plays. Yeah, but he's not. Everybody he knows. Everybody in the league knows he's not a 
rusher, yeah. And it's just 132 yards total. I mean, we just rush defense got to give it. Marcel Darius, please restructure, come back. Like we we need some kind of run and help, man. We need some. We need because he's the you only can, reason we blame Tom for not having Marcel Darius. Next you year. know what? Tom is going to be the scapegoat. Tom Tom um, is definitely going to be the scapegoat for everything. And I hope that all the badness leaves with that bald head. The sins of the father. We're going to be paying for it. <laughs> so then uh, we get the ball back. Two minutes left. Gardner Mitchell tries to go on a two minute drill and forces a pass that goes straight to Darius Leonard. Uh, linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts picked off his only mistake he really makes all day other than maybe a couple missed throws here and there that was the only big mistake he made all day uh, Colts get the ball back but don't worry because Smoot gets that sack on third down Jags get the ball back Smoot, Smoot. dude that guy's a player man I'm telling you man Dwayne Smoot He's man great coming off we've got third depth down, at man. D-line we've got depth at D-line dude that's the one position. If you were to choose one position group on the Jaguars that you're like that's the one position group that we don't have to worry about Defensive line. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Interior defensive line. Interior defensive line. I don't know, man. Taven Bryan looking good, man. Taven Bryan. Uh-huh. Dwayne Smoot. Move Smoot to the interior. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. We'll see. No, I see. That's my Moves got to be made. We can't just roll into 2020 with what we got and say, hey, we're good on D-line. Uh, man, I honestly, gotta, I don't know. If they do scheme it up a little bit, if Todd Wash if Todd Wash gets his ass out of town, man, he, you know. Yeah, uh, if, if and buts, candy nuts. <laughs> you know, it's just ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. All right, so then we get into the 30-second drill. Minshew uh, hits Conley on an out route, and then Keelan on a crossing route, scrambles for a few yards, gets in field goal range, and Lambeau puts it through the uprights. And that's your first half, 20-16. to 16, Jaguars down four. It's, it's like, I mean, stop me if you've heard the story before. This team is in a position to win at halftime. Yeah, 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 every year. No matter what what it, the circumstances is, whether you gave up 100 yards already, if, if you're, you, you don't look great on defense, offense can't get down the field, you're in a position to win this game. And again, this game means absolutely nothing, but the intangibles are there. So... We continue on in the second half. Second half kicks off. Uh, Minshew, uh, unlike in the first half, hits Rock Armstead for the touchdown. And then, for a little, you know, little, little sprinkles on top of your Jaguar Sunday, actually converts the two point conversion to D.D. Westbrook to make the score 20 to 24. Boom, boom, boom. Jags D finally gets an, uh, a very much needed stop on the ensuing drive by Indianapolis uh, to keep them uh, at 20 points. And then uh, the Jaguars, then their next drive, stalls out. Uh, and they, for the first time in the entire game, Logan Cook makes an appearance with two minutes and 13 seconds left in the third quarter. So there's only about two minutes left in the third quarter, and your punter makes his first appearance. If you're a Jacksonville Jaguar football fan, you know what Logan Cook looks like down to the T. You can describe him like you see him in a line. You're like, that's Logan Cook. That's a part of the Jaguars. I see him about 12 times a Sunday. Very familiar face. He's out there. Look at him. Golly. You know what I mean? But now on this day, he doesn't make an appearance. The most well-known Jaguar, the Jaguar that's out there the most, doesn't make an appearance until until two minutes left in the third quarter. That's a pretty damn good day right there. Mold that in gold and yeah. let that be the story for 2020. Yeah. That's what you need to do. Last forward. week, the message was punts and field goals. Yes. Punts and field goals. And they got completely off message this week. They didn't even get in the Pro Bowl this year. So if they didn't get off the Pro Bowl with today with this year's resume, then there's no way they're ever going to get in the Pro Bowl. Right, Logan Cook is a Pro Bowl punter, man. I'm going to put that out I there right now, dude. I wholeheartedly agree. He's going to be out there. Then 
Yannick puts about the best hit you could ever put on a quarterback. Like, that was... I don't know if you've seen the slow motion. You were there at the game. His hit on Jacoby Brissett was textbook, strike zone, right where you want to hit the quarterback at all times. No flag could ever be thrown on that on that tackle. And, unfortunately, you never want anybody to get hurt. But it shows how hard he hit him because Jacoby Brissett got hurt. He, 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 was, he was down for a minute. And he just, oh, my God, Yannick with that form tackle. Uh, Brissette caught the ball off. But, man, it was gorgeous, man. Yannick Ngakwe is a player. You got to tell the front office that. That's it. Hey, hey you know, hey, he's yet. number one priority, man. Number one priority. Then Gardner Minshew gets hit on a third down play, fumbles the ball about eight yards forward. Uh, it gets batted around a bit. And that's why you always keep your head in a swivel. That's why you always you don't play until the whistle blows because the Jaguars recovered what was called an incomplete pass at the time, but then it goes back. To, we actually challenged that he fumbled it. You never see a team challenge that their quarterback fumbled the football unless you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are like, you know what? No, we need him to have fumbled that because he fumbled it about 12 yards forward, and we ended up getting the first down. And at this point, I mean, fuck it, right? Doug yeah. Marone, this is your last game. You can't take those little red blankies home with you. Can't hold anything back now. Toss them on the field. That's right. So we actually got that first down, but then the drive stalled, and, uh, you know, Logan Cook makes another appearance, punts the football. And then what happens next after the Jaguars pin them uh, in, the, in the five-yard line, uh, like because Logan Cook's a Pro Bowl punter, what happens next is the play of the game. Third down, Jacoby Brissett rolls out to his right. Yannick Ngakwe from behind strips that man of the football. Ball hits the turf. And what happens? Who's standing right there? Only, arguably, the best defensive lineman to ever don a Jacksonville Jaguar jersey, Calais Campbell, has time to bend over, pick the ball up, look to the stands, make a pose, drink a beer, do a dance, sing a little song, all the way into the end zone with a nice little cavalry uh, of Yannick Ngakwe, Josh Allen, everybody that was in on that play. It was like one of the best plays I've ever seen. It was great. It's the kind of play when you look back on it, you're like, man, I love the Jacksonville Jaguars. It, it, it distracts you from all the other crappy plays because that was just a great play. There's no other guy that you would love to score on a scoop and score like that than Calais Campbell. King Kong ain't got sh- on me. I hate to say it, because a lot of people, you know, don't want to don't want to face it. But that might have been the last meaningful play that he makes for the Jaguars. And if so, he went out on a high note. And yeah, we'll we'll discuss that ad nauseum during yeah. the offseason. But that was the drive. That was the drive. And I, and again, I don't know what you saw on TV. I don't know how 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 often the camera was in on that on that stance. But from the time where they set the ball down. To the time the players were coming on the field, it was like a light switch went off in the stadium. The whole end zone was rocking. The oh, yeah. whole stadium was rocking. I mean, you almost you almost felt like okay, something's gonna happen. Yeah, the safety's coming, picks coming, sack strips coming, touchdowns coming. Everyone kind of felt it, and just to see that stadium again for a game, meaningless, meaningless game, where people were absolutely on their feet. Just screaming at the top of their lungs. It was electrifying. There's only been few times in this stadium that I've seen that stadium rock like that. And I mean, I can compare it to the Buffalo Bills game two years ago. Okay, that's how electrifying this atmosphere was. And I loved seeing it. Yannick with the great pursuit, the strip sack, like you said. Calais 
Big paws on the ball, got oh, it man. up in the end zone, threw it through the ball in the stadium. Someone went home with a nice souvenir that game. Amazing to watch. Like you said, I think electrifying was the perfect word. Uh, just it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. No, Jaguars are only up by four at the time. So you're thinking they right. great yeah. momentum play. Yeah. Boom. Huge momentum play. And then what happens next? Colts get the ball back. And the Jaguars just say, mm, let's run that tape back and do that again, just a little differently. And Taven Bryan, he stays on message that the Jaguars are trying to trying to get. He uses his feet. Huh? Mm. If Taven Bryan can't make big plays with his hands, let me tell you, he can make big plays with his feet. He literally, by no design, falling down after reaching for Jacoby Brissett, and Jacoby Brissett's trying to make a play. Yeah. What happens is. Taven falls down backwards and bicycle kicks the football out of Jacoby Brissett's hands. I, nobody talks about this in the in the, in the uh, commentary as the game's happening. They're talking about Brissett fumbles. Yeah, the fump ball's out right there. They're not talking about how when Taven Taven Bryan kicks it out with his foot. And it was a, it was beautiful. And Jaguars recover. And then Minshew goes down the field and hits Didi on a beautiful touchdown throw. And bada bing, bada boom. That is the last Jacksonville Jaguar game you'll see in 2019 for this decade. That is the last game. They win 38 to 20. Let's all drink champagne. Have a good time. And at this point, we're still hoping that this was just like a nice little fun day and that the head coach and the GM will be fired on Black Monday like we've been promised by Diana Rossini. And so now we can just enjoy this for today. And tomorrow we'll enjoy the complete overhaul that's still going to happen because this is just a one-game sample and it doesn't represent how the team has been on the for the entire year. That's where we're at at this point. At this point, that's where we're at. End of game stats. You have DJ Chark. He got his thousand yards for the year. It was nice to see that. 250K. I look. I, I heard that on the radio. For him getting a thousand yards, he got 250K. There you go. See, I knew there was some incentive there. Yeah. But it looks good for the books as well. Thousand yard seasons always look good uh, for careers. Chris Conley also hit an incentive mark as well with his yardage. Um, Reichel Armstead two touchdowns this year. At the end of it all, that. It, both touchdowns, receiving touchdowns. He's got hands. He's uh-huh. got hands. He's got hands. He's got hands. If you recall the big magnificent play back in Denver in the corner of the end zone, that was his as well as the uh, play today. Uh, Divino Zigbo really performed shockingly well for a third string running back. I kind of liked what he got on this game. Again, not not nothing to nothing to write home about, but hey, it's better than no depth at all. Hey, you wrote off Raquel earlier this year. I think he's got you eating that oh, as well. Ozigbo, Ozigbo, get on out of here, man. Maybe Ozigbo will give you some of that as well. Only person that should like Divine Ozigbo is sitting to my left, and his name is also Divine. <sighs> Oof. That's Devin. It's Devin. You tried. Reading, reading's hard, Sean. Reading's Devin, hard. Devin Mabo. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the uh, accolades I've got for this for this end of the game. One hell of a game. One hell of a way to end the 2019 year, the the, the decade, as Sean as Sean put it. Yeah, we're feeling good at the moment, and I say at the moment because when we come back from our break, it's time to talk about that front office mistake. I'm talking about Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone and Todd Wash and all of them. We've got some news for you, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a brief message from our sponsors. This is your Two Ball Hot Takes podcast. Pour one out for all of our hopes and dreams. 
All right, your Duval hot takes have returned. In the first half of our episode, we were feeling sunshine and daisies as the Jaguars round out the season 6-10, and 10, a wonderful victory against the Colts. Now it's time to get to the hard stuff, the nasty stuff, the front office stuff. Uh-oh. If you'll recall, we are without our uh, vice president of football operations, Tom Coughlin. Boo. That decision was made by Shad Khan uh, just before the Falcons game. Everyone was thinking that was going to be the first of many firings. Pat, did that come to happen? How are things looking in the front office? So the statement came out Tuesday morning, which is, of course, ass backwards, just like everything else we do, because typically all firings happen Monday. I don't think Freddie Kitchens even saw Monday. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was out by the time uh, the game was over. I think he was fired halfway through the fourth quarter. Don't let Diana Rossini get a pass here, because I think she's part of the reason this happened, because she broke the news on, like, Saturday night that they're going to fire Marone. I think she just tried to get a hot-button story. She she flipped a coin on it, hoped to hit, and it didn't hit. That's just what it was. If it hit, she probably looks like a fucking star analyst, and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's amazing. How'd you find out? Didn't happen. She got ran through the mud fields, and and no one's listening to her anymore. She's losing followers. Unlucky for her. So Tuesday comes around. Tuesday morning, they release a statement. Shad Khan has a meeting with Doug Marone, Dave Caldwell. It's like a 15-minute meeting. They they break bread. They have bologna sandwiches. And uh, he comes out and says, Doug Marone, Dave Caldwell, the dynamic duo, if you will, the double D comes back for 2020. Boo! Boo! So, Boo! he gets on his no! yacht. He leaves. No, no more press conference for him. That's no! the end of it. Doug Marone and Dave sit for questions, and it's pretty, you know, easy pitch and catch questions, and that's about it. Boo! So now the questions are, what led to this decision? There are a lot of different opinions floating around online. Some people, of course, are pointing out the fact that Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone are still under contract. Some people are also saying that this victory against the Colts is what solidified their 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 staying power. That makes me more mad than anything, man. If this game had anything to do with them keeping their jobs, it's so fucking ridiculous. It it makes that makes me so mad. Go on, I'm sorry. No, if you think this game had anything to do with the keeping of of jobs between the two of them. Uh, you're you're an idiot. I'm gonna just put that. Yeah, I'm gonna that's put what that I'm lightly. Um, you just just don't don't Better believe. Not you, you believe in fairy tales, and, and I'm sure you're probably waiting for the tooth fairy to come visit you again. It's not it's not gonna happen. Wait 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 wait. Yeah. Wait. Well, there you go. There's one. Is of them. it not coming? She's stuck in Siberia. That's somewhere. my retirement she's, she's plan. Coming. She's coming. She's coming. She's coming, Sean. She's coming. Don't worry. Sleep well, tight. All right. All right. She's coming. Carpooling with the Easter Bunny. Gas is through the. So roof. What are you trying to say about the Easter Bunny now? He's a generous gentleman. Here, carpool with me. We'll save gas. Yeah. So this game has nothing to do with it. The the decision was made up prior to the game the last couple weeks when this all started fuming. Shad Khan is telling me one of two things. This is the way I'm going to see it, and you're welcome to jump in on it if you think. A, Tom Coughlin really f***ed this organization up to the point to where normal day-to-day procedures wasn't happening the the affected the player performance if it affected the front office performance it was basically Auschwitz under Tom Coughlin okay that's what 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 we're looking at or you're telling me Shad Khan has zero idea of how inept this front office and coaching staff is and he has he's he's just gonna just gonna keep going with it because he's just he doesn't have his finger on the pulse. Run he doesn't have his finger on the pulse. The guy does. He's guy's got one winning season since he's been here. He has no idea moving forward. Looks like he can't progress. He so it's one or the other. 
I don't know which one it is. It can't be both. It's one or the other. And I want to lean on the fact that Shad Khan really has no idea how to progress a franchise any further than where he is right now at this point. And Pat brought those two options forward to our fans on our Twitter page, actually. We had a poll go up where Pat asked the very question, is it more that Tom Coughlin destroyed the Jaguars franchise front, back, and center, or is it more that Shad Khan just has no idea what the word accountability means? So, Pat, what are the results looking like there? So, 56% of you guys said that it was Tom Coughlin. Uh, pretty much destroyed everything, and now, uh, because of that, we have to just start with the little building blocks we have and rebuild. And then 44% of you said Sean Khan just has no f***ing clue what he's doing. So, it's about an even 50-50. Um... Yeah, it's it's just that's that's what we have. That's what you have to look at. You can't look at it any other way because this game did not listen. If anyway, if you still think that the Colts game, the meaningless game sixteen, Colts versus Jaguars game had anything to do with Doug Marone keeping his job, you you got to think it for just, yourself, man. It think sucks, for man. People are gonna spin me this this yarn of how Tom Coughlin is the big bad wolf and he was. The and only he could problem. very well be Sean, dude. He could very well be. No. We only know so much, okay? Don't don't get it twisted that we know everything. We only know so much. I still would love to have a recording of what went on in that room between him and Jalen oh, oh. when when that meeting went down. So I would love to hear that. But again, we don't know everything, and we will never know everything. When Doug Marone first took over the job as head coach, what did everybody say about him? He's just a puppet for Tom Coughlin, right? And like we got, we gave Tom Coughlin all the credit for all the success in 2017. We went to the AFC Title game. Everybody said Doug Marone's really doing a good job coaching. Everybody was like, yeah, well, he's only really just here because Tom Coughlin's using him as a puppet and all these things. Well, now Tom Coughlin's gone. Right. All right. So now. You think Doug Marone is going to be anything better than... I think the, the best you can get is 8-8. Eight and eight. I think the best you can get is 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah, Doug Marone wasn't a winning coach in Buffalo. He wasn't a winning coach in Syracuse. He doesn't win ballgames, okay? He's not... Yeah, that's what you want! I understand, but he's not known to win ball games. <laughs> so whatever little history he has at coaching, it's not it's not very good. Oh God, man, you're really selling me on 2020. You got to give me a second. Oh, okay, it's, here we go. I'm gonna come around all the way through for all you. All the second, way, okay? bring it back all the way. I never had a problem with Doug personally. Oh, I would have oh, I would have loved bologna sandwiches in and Bud Lights. Yeah, we would have had a great time personally. As a coach, I don't think he has the quality to lead a locker room to victory. I don't think he can do the adjustments on the field that are required to be adjusting. I.e., if Todd Wash is still coaching in 2020, it shows to me he doesn't have the capability to see what's wrong and assess the situation and do better from there. He was there before Doug Marone. He needs to realize that he should be gone by now. Okay, He comes with the Gus Bradley era. That, that should be removed in, entirely. Okay, The production on defense doesn't perform. It's not been a good year, and it all falls on Todd Wash. So if he can make that change, okay, that shows me that Doug Marone's going in a step in the right direction. Remember this year, if everything is true, if he's the puppet, this is the first year he gets to actually put his hand on the button, on the switches, and make the plays and make the calls. So we'll see about that. The problem I have with Doug Marone is you're an offensive line coach, an offensive line-minded coach, and we have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. My second problem with you is we are the second most penalized team in the NFL. We didn't get first on that. I'm sorry. I think uh, the Raiders or the Buccaneers out of the South. Whose fault is all this? So, these... Hold on. The penalties are there. You're not going to win ball games. I'm giving yards away on the field. Okay? that's That falls on Doug Marone. Here's what also falls on Doug Marone. 
Doug Murrow knows that Gardner Minshew is a starter on this team, as it should be. There's no argument for that. I don't want to see OTAs. I don't want to see practice. I have all I have to see. I know that Gardner Minshew can play in this offense. I know that Gardner Minshew can play well in this offense. I know that Nick Foles does not have the backing of this locker room, nor the fan base, nor the front office. Doug Marone can see that. Doug Marone made that call once already and, and, and got in a big fight about that. So I know he's already got the balls to do that. Cool. I'm good with that. Gardner Minshew's also probably half the reason why uh, Doug Marone has a job right now. If Gardner Minshew doesn't have the year that he has this year, Doug Marone doesn't have a job this year. And that's that's wholeheartedly the only reason Doug Marone has a job right now is because of Gardner Minshew. Okay, everything that Doug has, all the Christmas gifts he bought his kids, the the red panties he got his wife for Christmas, all that he needs to send a thank you letter to Gardner Minshew because Gardner Minshew is the one that got him that that money. Okay, he's the reason why he's sticking around for one more year. If Gardner Minshew doesn't succeed as he does as a rookie, if he doesn't show out in the in the limited timetable that he showed this year, because remember he got yanked for two games, he got put in late for two games, and he still outplayed all the rookies this year. All the rookies. I mean, there's numbers to it, guys. He he ranked up higher than all the, all the rookies this year in every in every category. Okay, so the fact of the matter is, is that because of that, because that is a step in the right direction at quarterback that we haven't had in a long time on this team. You could say that he outperformed Blake Bortles at this point. He's outperformed Byron Leftwich when he played here. He outperformed everybody prior to him, Blaine Gabbert, by leaps and bounds. Okay? And we're finally going in a direction with a quarterback that can possibly lead this franchise to more wins. That is the sole reason Doug Marone still has this job. It was pure luck, pure timing. That's it. You know, Jaguars had a losing record this year, but Gardner Minshew did not. Gardner, Gardner Minshew was six and six. Six and six, man. Five hundred. Extrapolate that out, man. That's Doug Marone right there. That's eight and eight. You're looking eight and eight right in the face, man. That's what I'm saying. We need to uh, take the fact that we've got a quarterback that's good enough right now. That's Gardner Minshew. Get Min- and Nick Foles, you're not moving that contract unless you give up a second round pick for like nothing. So you, and you could, if you want to move it, then do it. If not. Then we're stuck with Nick Foles. Nick Foles is the backup. He's really good at that. I don't think it'll be a hard sell to get Nick Foles to accept $25 million a year in order to sit and just hold the clipboard. I think that's a pretty good gig. Uh, Christ, I tell you what, yeah. you're, if, you, if you're such the man that you say you are and you can look in a rock, locker room and see that you don't belong and that your play is your position in life, is to hold a clipboard then you better do it. Yeah, that's it. Or take a buyout. Or, or retire. Or retire, yeah. But he's not going to do it. It's, a, it's like, that. just be stupid to leave no, the money I out there. I agree with that. Yeah, so that's where that is. Uh, if we can keep Minshew and then and then focus our draft picks not on any quarterback in this draft and focus our draft picks on on possibly uh, two offensive linemen, I would be so down for them to take back to back offensive linemen. I'm not even fucking joking. Uh, if they don't if they don't trade down, I'd still love give me a guard and a tackle first two picks. That'd be great because that, that's the biggest hole. If Telvin Smith comes back on defense, like, like people forgetting that he might come back next year, and then we, we, our linebacker we're set we're set again. All right, so there's many different ways that we can go in the offseason. Uh, I love Minshew. I think we just we, we go with him, and we just try to build around him. I think we can finally have a direction. Maybe all these good teams, we, we brought up a few podcasts ago, they have running game coordinators and they have passing game coordinators. Let's get it on, on that, man. Let's, let's get a running game coordinator and a passing game coordinator because all the good teams have them now. Nobody focuses just on the passing game or the running game anymore. 
They all they all have two well, separate guys. And that's now. again, those are adjustments that Doug Marone now, who has all the power, has to make in the offseason. Yeah. He has to make adjustments. Do not bring this nucleus into 2020 because it will not work for you, Dougie. It's not gonna work. Tom Coughlin didn't let people rush over us hundred times for for a hundred yards a, a person, a pop. People were lining up with their, their tickets stamped to to rush a hundred yards on us all year long this year, okay? Where's Tom Coughlin wasn't doing that. Okay, yeah. that's that's on Todd. Okay, you got to get rid of Todd. Come in with a new philosophy. Come in with a new concept. I've been saying three, four since the beginning of this year. After the draft, after you took Josh Allen, we should be running three, four as our base. But again, I'm yelling into the I'm yelling into the black hole that is this podcast and, and not getting any turns. On the flip side, though, we not only brought Doug Marone back, we brought Dave Caldwell back. Dave Caldwell is a whole nother animal that I that I have an issue hey, with. Hey, that's fan of the podcast, Dave Caldwell, you're talking about there. Don't forget he listens. Good, Sorry, Dave. Good. Dave, this is for you, bud. No, this is hey. 2013. I'm going to go this real quick. Real quick. I'm going to go through all the players real quick that you've gone through, and I want you to listen in, okay? 2013, you started. First pick. Who was it, Sean? Oh, man. Offensive lineman. Big tackle. Come on. Um, oh, 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 uh, um, he's got a weird last yeah, name. Yeah, he does. Tra- traded him to the Seahawks. Luke Jokel. Luke Jokel, that's right. All right, so 2013, Luke Jokel, John Cyprian, Dwayne Gratz, Ace Sanders, Denard hey, Robinson. Hey, a good slot corner there for two years. Denard Robinson, Josh Evans, Jeremy Harris, Demetrius McCray, all gone. 2014, Blake Bortles, Marquis Lee, Allen Robinson, Brand Linder, Aaron Colvin, Telvin Smith, Chris Smith, Luke Bowanico, Storm Johnson. Uh, still got Telvin if he ever shows up. Yeah. Well, we were talking about on the field today in the locker room. Brandon today. Linder. Brandon, Brandon Linder's your only one. And he gets hurt a lot. Okay. Yeah. Brandon Linder. 2015, Dante Fowler, TJ Yeldon, AJ Can, James Sample, Rashad Green, Michael Bennett, Neil Sterling, Ben Koyak. Don't ever say Rashad Green ever again. <laughs> AJ Can's the only one on that list. Yeah, and he sucks. If you include Ben Koyak, who's in the the Twilight Zone hey, somewhere. Ben Koyak shows up on the team every year. Doesn't matter. 20, 2016. 2032, he'll be, he'll be on the team. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, Yannick Ngakwe, Sheldon Day, Tyrone Holmes, Brandon Allen, Jonathan Woodard. 2017, Leonard Fournette, Cam Robinson, Dwayne Smoot, D.D. Westbrook, Blair Brown, Jalen Myrick, Marquez Williams. I mean, he's hitting on a few. No, no, no. He's hitting in 2017. Yeah. He's hitting in 2017. He's hitting in 2017. We only have four to show for for four years that is averaging one person per year is still on this roster is still contributing to this team one person per year is still on this roster contributing on this team i don't know the stats of all 32 but i can assure you that that is bottom barrel picking right there that is shit picking all right hey but we're hitting on free agency though right Nick okay. Foles. You have no oh, fuck you. I knew you were going in a direction. I fucking <laughs> got for it. Fucking knew it. I fucking knew it, man. Malik Jackson. Yeah, Malik Jackson. <laughs> fucking knew it. You have terrible picking, and the fact that you are still alive. Julius Thomas. Yeah, keep him coming. All the good free agency pickups. Oh, uh, yeah, Julius oh, Thomas. Ju- oh, man, uh, Ostafarian Jenkins. Signing Marquis Lee to the extension. Marquis Lee to the extension. Yeah. Blake Bortles to an extension. Yeah, and then yeah, Nick, Nick Foles, Foles, big money. These oh, are Andrew the problems. Norwell. Andrew Norwell. 
<laughs> These are the problems you're inheriting with Dave Caldwell. Dave Caldwell, you have to do a complete 180 from what you've been doing. Doug Marone has to make some changes. He's got to do some player personnel. You got to get better on penalties, and you got to, you got to figure out what you're doing on defense. Okay, you're you got a homework list. But Dave Caldwell, you need to shed the skin, the snake skin that you've been wearing for the last five years, and and and. Manipulate into something else because <laughs> you you have no you you shouldn't you shouldn't be picking you should not be with your your finger on the button with two first round picks coming up you are my biggest concern moving forward okay you don't hit home runs you you got lucky with Gardner Minshew my man again I think Gardner Minshew saves your job too and I don't even think you knew who the Gardner Minshew was <laughs> before this draft pick. You were fucking down two bumps of cocaine and three whiskey shots back when you picked Gardner Minshew. Okay? God, that sounds fun right now. That's where you were when Gardner <laughs> Minshew was picked in the sixth round. All right, so I don't give you credit at all for that. Some some honeybee whispered in your ear. Whoever that was, he better have gotten paid good, good for throwing that Gardner Minshew on your table. Ron Middleton, you need to change entirely. Dave Caldwell, you need to change entirely your philosophy, the way you look at draft people, the way and there's there's talks that you wanted Lamar Jackson, there's talks that you wanted Patrick yeah. Mahomes, oh, and yeah. Tom Coughlin was the guy that vetoed you out. Well, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that for a fucking second. Okay, because if that was the case, Tom Coughlin should have been gone even more before time than when he was let go. Now, okay, because yeah. if he's made all these calls. All right, and you guys just let it fucking fly by the seam. You show me you're just as inept as I think you are. Yeah. So that is my problem moving forward. Do I hate the idea that Doug Marone's going to coach? Yes. No, I don't hate it. I, I don't want to. I don't want to swallow a can of bleach. All right, after hearing it, I don't. But no, a gallon. There needs to be changes, and you need to be able to do them. If you don't do the changes, then you're just assuring me that in 2020, I'm going to be seeing, with 2020 vision, the same product you've been rolling out for three years. Silver lining, Ron Middleton, most likely going to be back. Oh, thank God. Because you know what? We have a great corral of tight ends for you to coach up next year, man. And we, Dude, I'm telling you, we're going to start the Twitter account. Fake Ron Middleton. Or Ron Middleton facts mm. at Ron Middleton facts. Something yeah, like that. That, that could be tiresome <laughs> because you're only gonna have about a week's worth of content, and then no, nah, dude, I'm gonna keep pumping them out. Yeah, well, then you're gonna be lying. At I'm gonna say point. Ron Middleton. Ron Middleton eats raviolis for lunch every Wednesday. Ron Middleton is not responsible for the acts of Adolf Hitler in World War II. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that only took what? is that not a, a Google fact? search? Yeah, is that is. not a fact? Sure. Okay. Well, when is you put it, it not that, a fact? When you put Thank it at that standpoint, much. you're Thank right. Thank you very much. I can't wait. For Ron this. Middleton has done more for the Jaguars than the lamp in my living room. Right there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fact. There you go. Wow. I was wrong. You might actually have you might actually have a thorough career in Ron Middleton. Ron Middleton facts. Thank I was you. I was wrong to ever doubt you, Sean. Thank I tell you. you what, you might be more equipped for Ron Middleton facts than Dave Caldwell will be for this draft. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. At Ron Middleton. And facts. I could say that I could say that with, with a lot of uh confidence. Life uh finds a way. All right, some good content to look out for from Sean there. At Ron Keep an Middleton. eye out. I look out for at Ron Middleton Facts. Very eventful episode for you guys, uh, and that's probably for the best because we're going to be looking towards a dry spell here now that the season's over. But don't worry, you will still get your Duval Hot Takes fill every week. We will be coming at you with all of our off-season content. 
and then uh, you know when, when when things start to dry up maybe we'll go a little case-by-case basis but for now you've got us right where you want us so this is your Duval Hot Takes podcast we'll go ahead and wrap things up here I am Taylor Smith your moderator for the show Sean Daly host Pat Smith co-host Devin made facts and stats. Happy 2020, y'all. Yeah, happy 2020. Hey, happy year. Right. That's a go. good idea. Nice, yeah. Devin. Nice. Hey, really quick. Uh, New Year's resolution. Devin, go fast. Right off the cuff. I want to try to write a book this year. So. Ooh. Right. Nice. Good. Nice. All right. Okay. All right. Pat. I want to drink more, but at a less cost. Okay. So, so rubbing alcohol. No drinking at Jaguars games. Got it. <laughs> I'm going to try and not cry as much when Jaguars lose. Ah, oh, okay. Hopefully that means Jaguars don't lose as much, but we'll see. My New Year's resolution is to start Ron Middleton Facts, and so I can hope to knock get that knocked out here in the next 10 minutes, and I'm good for 2020. There you go. But you say that, and something will happen between now and 20 minutes. Yeah, so I'm going to fall, I'm gonna fall down and break my neck. This is my last episode of the Duval Hot Takes Podcast. Signing off and stop. <laughs> you hear me in the background? We'll see you guys next week. Until then, hit us up on Twitter. And as always, have fun, be safe, take care. Not see you next week. See you next year. I'm that guy. I'm that guy.